All right. (laughs) This morning our text is out of Mark uh, chapter 11. And this is a text for our message. Uh, I'll read this text and then we'll sing and then we will uh, present our Bibles to our seniors and then we'll move to this. So uh, you'll have to remember a little bit um, the text between now and then. If you would, go ahead and please stand. And the reading is, is going to be on here as uh, verses 12 through 25. I'm going to shorten that a little bit, so just kind of follow along with me. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. And then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Then we're going to pick up in verse 20. As they left and then the next morning came back and passed that way again. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. The word of the Lord. This is, I believe this is very, very important. I believe celebrating these seasons is essential. But I also believe that that we will be negligent if we come together and the word of the Lord is not proclaimed. And so, this time and space may go just beyond, a little beyond what we would normally expect on Sunday morning. But it is essential that as a family of God, when we come together, the word of God is proclaimed. And so I want to share uh, a message. This, for those of you that might have been here first service, you need to know this will be um, an abbreviated version of that. But for just a moment, I want to reflect back to the passage out of Mark chapter 11. I want to tell you that this morning we're going to take a brief journey with Jesus. And the journey with Jesus, we're going to walk that dusty road between Bethany and Jerusalem. As we walk this path, we're going to encounter a lot of things. But one of the things we are going to encounter is a fig tree. And I talked to these students in class this morning about that fig tree that we will encounter. Fig tree is important. Throughout scripture, the... The fig tree, the image of the fig tree is important. It's the third tree mentioned in the Bible, the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the fig tree with which Adam and Eve took leaves to make garments to hide their nakedness. The fig tree denotes wealth, prosperity. And so, so in fact, the fig tree becomes a, an image of all of the good things and the hopes and possibilities and dreams as the fig tree leaves out. It brings images of prosperity and God's blessing. And so when a fig tree fades or withers or dies, that denotes uh, impending doom and that there is something bad coming. And so there's a lot of imagery with the fig tree. Uh, The fig tree is, I told first service, when I think of this story where Jesus curses a fig tree, I've always kind of thought of this small little tree. Uh, The fig tree was not a small tree. There are multiple varieties of the fig tree. Uh, Fig trees in the Middle East could grow 20 to as much as 60 feet tall. This is not an insignificant fig tree 
that we will encounter. And they produce two crops. There's an early crop that really comes before the tree even leaves out. And then a crop that comes late, much later in the season. Now on this journey, I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. Which today of all days, I hope your imagination is engaged. Because we, as the people of God, should be people who are eager to imagine. We, as the followers of Christ, one of our greatest traits should be to imagine something beyond the here and now. To see with our hearts what we cannot see with our eyes. To hope beyond hope. And to allow God to do what seemingly cannot be done. Now it's important as we get to that point to think about uh, this fig tree just outside Bethany. Bethany actually means house of figs or house of hope, house of prosperity. Um, and so that this fig tree is outside of Bethany. There's something else that took place at Bethany that I think is not tied to this story, but I think is really important to this story. And that is that it was at Bethany that Lazarus was, died and was buried. And it was there where Jesus came and did what we thought could not be done. It was there where Jesus came and brought life where there was death. Brought hope where there was despair. And so all of these things are happening at Bethany. And the story is bookended in Jerusalem. It begins with the identity of Jesus. And ends back in Jerusalem with the authority of Jesus. So we have identity of Christ. We have authority of Christ. And rooted right in the middle at the base of this fig tree. We encounter the imagination of Jesus. And so we imagine. And so here we are. And we begin this journey up this winding rocky path from Bethany uphill and around the bend, mile and a half journey to Jerusalem. And as we walk up this path, we walk up the hill and then enter this, this long level stretch. And on, in the distance there, we see the tree. And Jesus is hungry. And we are hungry. And so Jesus goes to this fig tree. He leads us up to the tree. And as we approach the tree, the realization is there. It's noted in scripture that it was not the season for figs. And Jesus reaches to the tree. And there are no figs. Because it's not the season for figs. And this is one of those moments where we wrestle and go, what was going on here? And Jesus looks at the tree and speaks just loudly enough for his disciples to hear because Jesus is always aware of his surroundings and of his audience. And he says to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And he pronounces a curse on the tree and he leaves. It's a moment worth noting. But nothing happens at that point. Jesus goes on as with the disciples. They go to Jerusalem. They enter the temple. Uh, told first service. Um, it, it, they walk into a garage sale gone, gone haywire. 
Uh, there are things going on in the temple. There are people selling things, people buying. Uh, there are people taking advantage of others. And Jesus turns over the tables and says, My father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. And you've made it into a den of robbers. And so there's now this scene. Jesus curses the tree. Now this is, goes on in the temple. Bob Bruni came to me and said, Jesus was having a bad day. Maybe, but maybe there's more going on here, even than that. And so they leave, they eventually leave Jerusalem, go back down to Bethany. And the next morning, they come up to the tree again. And Peter looks at the tree and says, Rabbi, look, the tree that you cursed is dead. It's withered from the ground up. And this is where I want you to imagine. This is, you really will have to imagine I want you to get in your head and your mind that most annoying, obnoxious, whining voice that you've heard when someone's just complaining and whining. I want you to get that, that voice in your mind and I, I can see by the look on your faces that some of you are already there and I'll tell you exactly like I told first service, do not look at the person next to you. Uh, if that happens, Brian, we're going to have to have some marital counseling probably, I don't know. And I want you to imagine at this point, the fig tree speaks. And here we go. This is the fig tree, not me. But Jesus, I'm just a fig tree. That's kind of annoying, isn't it? It can get a lot worse. Jesus, I didn't know you were coming. But Jesus, I didn't, I didn't know you were going to be hungry. And then the fig tree plays the ace card. And the fig tree says, But Jesus, it's not even fig season. Can you kind of imagine this withered up fig tree saying those things? What did the fig tree do to deserve that? Now, we can imagine ourselves in a lot of the different roles in this story, right? But could we ever imagine ourselves in the role of fig tree? Because surely, that's never us, right? We're never the fig tree. Or are we? Do we offer excuses more than we offer fruit? Do we proudly put on the display, display of leaves? Do we show off our spirituality in hopes that no one will never will ever dig in deep enough to realize that there really is no fruit? Do we use the seasons of our life to determine our own fruitfulness? A reminder about this story. We are situated between the identity and the authority of Jesus. And that is really really important this story begins with the identity of Jesus coming into Jerusalem as a king for those of us who have accepted Christ and are followers of Jesus we are rooted in the identity of Christ if we have accepted Christ and identified with him in baptism then we now have a new identity as followers of Christ and so we are rooted on one end in the identity of Jesus and if we had 
pursued Christ, then we are also rooted on the other side in the authority of Jesus. If we have committed ourselves to a deepening relationship with Christ and a daily growth in discipleship, we are rooted in the identity of Jesus and we are rooted in the authority of Christ and right in the middle, we are now subject, thank God, to the imagination of Christ. And as we are open to the imagination of Christ, Jesus looks at our life. He looks at our fig tree, whether we are 8 or 80. Whether we are past retirement or just now graduating from high school. He looks at our life in whatever season we are in and he imagines something new for us. Something that will bear witness to him. Something that will bless others. He imagines our life as one that will be lived for the sake of the world. Now we all live and go through different seasons of life. There are natural seasons. There is the rhythm of life. That we go through different seasons just as we age. As an eight-year-old, you're in a season of life. As a middle schooler, you're in a season. As a high schooler, you're in a season of life. As you graduate, you enter into another season of life. All the way to death, we go through seasons. They are natural and they come with the rhythm of life. There are also seasons of choice. And those seasons are where we just decide, this is how I'm going to live. And I am going to be in this season until I decide to do something else. Sometimes that's good, sometimes not so good. But there's natural seasons and there's seasons of choice. And then there are seasons of disruption. And those are seasons that we have no control over. Whether it's a phone call in the middle of the night, news in the morning, or whatever. We wake up and we find ourselves in a season of life that we never expected, never predicted, never want it. It is important to note that those seasons of disruption are painful and that pain is real. This last week I sat with school counselors and church leaders from this community for a couple of hours and we discussed uh, the, tele- the Netflix show 13 Reasons Why that deals with suicide and we discussed how do we respond and one of the ways that came up over and over again is There is real pain in this world and there are people who are dealing with real pain and we need to acknowledge that pain and sit with people in that pain and not just rush past and say, oh, it'll all get better. Because sometimes it doesn't just get better. And so there are those seasons of disruption. But here's the point. None of those seasons exists Outside the gaze of Jesus. You are never too young or too old to bear fruit. Whatever season you decide that you want to sit in for a while, that season is never beyond the gaze of Jesus and the imagination of Christ that you will bear fruit even in that season. And as painful as some of those seasons might be that we go through, Even those seasons, and maybe especially those seasons, Jesus still comes to us, and he stands next to us, 
And I believe he imagined that even in the darkest of times, we have the ability to bear fruit. Some of the most important messages and actions of hope I have ever experienced have come from some of you when you have been in your darkest moment. I am thankful that we have a Jesus, that we have a Savior who comes to us regardless of the season. And he can expect, anticipate, and imagine fruit even in those times. So for the graduates, all of those seasons, season of life, season of choice, season of disruption, you need to know, just like I told you in class, you are never out of season. You do not now enter into a time in your life where you say, well, youth group stuff, I did all that. I'm going to sit out of church for a while because it's not really my season. No. You are still in season. And regardless of where you go, if you go all the way to the dark, far country of Texas (laughs) A&M, Texas A&M is not hidden from the gaze of Jesus. And even there, Jesus will imagine and expect and anticipate fruit. And maybe you're like I was when when I graduated. You're going to be a hometown guy. And maybe it is possible, and this is one of these things we continue to struggle with, uh, that it's possible to say, you know what? I, I don't really need the campus center because I've got San Angelo. This is home. I don't really... Yeah, you do. And they need you. And the gaze of Jesus extends from this section to this section and says, when you come here, I expect and imagine and anticipate fruit. None of us are exempt. None of us are outside of this incredible place where Jesus comes and says to us, I'm hungry. See, we don't have the excuse of saying, but Jesus, when do we see you hungry? Jesus is hungry for us to bear fruit. So one final journey. One final journey this morning. This morning we walk with Jesus again. And this morning, um, it's a little different than that journey from Bethany to Jerusalem. This time we're not walking in, along the countryside, we're walking in the city. And, and the sun is not shining quite so brightly this morning. The setting is different. Uh, the wind is blowing from the, and hitting us from the side as we journey up the hill. And the clouds hold maybe the promise of rain. And this morning we journey with Jesus. This morning we journey up the hill of Johnson Street. And we walk across our parking lot. And we walk into this side door and we walk into this room right here. And this time Jesus doesn't look at this ficus tree, which is a form of fig tree. These are fake. 
He doesn't look at that fig tree. He looks at each one of us. In whatever season we find ourselves, he looks at us this morning. He looks at you and he looks at me. And he reaches out. And he says, I am hungry. I am hungry for you to bear fruit. And he understands our seasons. This morning is my prayer. And it is my prayer for our graduates as you move forward. But for all of us this morning, it is my prayer that as Jesus approaches us in the season in which we now find ourselves, he will not leave hungry. But that he, his imagination will be satisfied. Because he sees in us the fruit. We are never out of season. In just a second, we're going to pray. And we're going to, we're going to pray and then we're going to sing. And as we sing, I want you to take a moment and reflect on the season in which you now live. And it is my prayer that in this song, you will imagine again Jesus coming to you and asking, will you bear fruit? Let me pray, then we'll sing. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we have gathered here. God, I thank you for this church family that eagerly desires to bear fruit. Father, remind us that we do not exist for ourselves, but that we exist for the sake of the world. Father, remind us that we will never live outside your gaze, your imagination, or your expectation of fruit. Father, let us not be satisfied with a false image of spirituality. But let us hunger deeply to be people who bear fruit. For Jesus, for the kingdom, and for the sake of the world. We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Stand and sing.